Everybody, welcome to episode number seven. Who are you? Uh, I'm Greta. And still, I'm Lauren. I'm still Greta. And we have a guest here <laughs> who we're going to introduce in just a little bit. Um, our podcast is called Big, Big Sis Energy. Energy. Would you like to join us in that? I would love to join you in okay, that. Okay, one, two, three. Big, Big Sis Energy. We all got it. We all got it. Um, and this is a podcast for people with emotions, whether you have too many or you don't know how to express them at all. You know who you are. Yep. <laughs> and if you don't know by now, um, you should probably DM us on Instagram and we'll help you figure out whether you have too many or you can't access them <laughs> or somewhere in between. Um, so just a reminder, we are the co-founders of Blue Fever. Mm-hmm. And Blue Fever is a place to grow your glow from the inside out. We deeply believe that every person deserves to be their best self. So we created this company, company, this company, <laughs> this company as a tool to help you navigate whatever life throws at you. We do this right now through our glow guide blue who texts messages with you whenever you need so this is a reminder that we are not licensed coaches or therapists no but you know we are big Big sisters sisters. (laughs) in real life uh and we want to pass on our big sisterly learnings and point of view to you but la 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 but you are very (laughs) you are you are very lucky today because we actually have a coach with us a real live coach (laughs) in our midst um, and her name is Megan Ladd, um, and I'm going to let Megan talk about herself, but what I will say is that Megan, um, I have known Megan for many years now, and Megan is somebody who uh, is not a big sister biologically, but feels like my big sister, even though she's younger than oh, me. Oh, like so much big sis energy. Yeah, so much big <laughs> sis energy radiating off of her, but oh, we're yeah. going to let Megan introduce herself a little bit about you, Megan, like... Who are you? How did you become a coach? What is a coach? Um, Because a lot of people don't know. Yeah. And then we'll move on to our topic. Yeah. Thank you. What a good intro. I, such a great compliment. Big sis energy. I am not (laughs) a technical big sister, but I feel like basically (laughs) what a coach is, is being a big sister to people and guiding them in their lives Mm -hmm. as stuff comes up. So in the same way that you might have like a soccer coach when you play soccer and Mm -hmm. someone who can guide you and help you get better. Basically, as life stuff comes up, whether it's figuring out what you want to do with your life or navigating relationships, I get to help people. I work one-on-one with people to help them live their best lives and handle the hard things. And that's there's all different kinds of coaches who have specific things they work on. Um, but basically, that's what that's what coaches do. And I first found out about coaching from meeting a coach. I was like, who is this woman? What is her superpower? She just like saw right to my soul. And I was like, this is amazing. I didn't even know this was a career. And Mm -hmm. it's such a rewarding way to help people because everyone at some point in their life feels really lost. And having someone outside of you who's like been there, knows the lay of the land a little bit, someone who can guide you and like really be your cheerleader and have your back 100% can make such a big difference, Mm -hmm. especially when you're like having a rough time. Yeah, totally. One thing that Lauren and I want to ask every guest um, is we we talk about this concept of like, if you work at Blue Fever or if you are like a part of our community in any way, you probably have this thing which we call big sister ability. Um, And so I want Megan to tell us why she has big sister ability. Do you know? 
I, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I feel like I have big sister ability because I'm able to really easily see the best in people. So my dream growing up was to work at Seventeen Magazine, and I like read it all the time. And I wrote into the editor when I was 14, "How can I work here?" She was like, first of all, you have to be 18 to intern here. So, like, come back in four years. And I did. I wanted to work there so badly because I always wanted to be a big sister. And I'm actually an only child, like, you biologically. But I always wanted to be a big sister. Wait, hold on. That yes. distinction is really interesting. Some A lot of people say, I wanted a sister. Or I wanted a little sister. Or I wanted a brother or whatever. You wanted to be a big sister. I just sister. wanted to be a big sister. I was open to whatever that looked like. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and it was... And then, yes, it was 17. And But, like, why did you want to... What was it about being a big sister that was so, like... I just wanted to be, like, a guide for someone and be able to, like, pass along. I don't know. It just was something. All your 10-year-old I, like, couldn't wait to babysit. <laughs> yeah. And I, when I wasn't old enough to babysit, I was a mother's helper, you know. What? I, What's that? It's basically an unofficial babysitter. It's like you hang out while the parents are still home. So when I was like 13, I'd go over and help take care of kids. Just because I loved, that was so fun. Or being a camp counselor, that's like another. um, But then at 17, it was a way to be a big sister to like this mass group of people. Mm -hmm. And then I realized I didn't want to work in publishing, but I felt like that energy is kind of what I do now with coaching. It's I get to be like hold Mm -hmm. that space for people. I think hearing people's big sister stories, like why they want to be one, how they are one in their lives is so cool to hear. Um, And also can make us all feel a little bit less alone. You know what I mean? To know that there are people, if we don't, if we don't have a big sister and we want one, or we do have a big sister and it's just maybe like we don't have the relationship we want with them to know that there are people out there, um, you know, like us three who want to be big sisters and who are creating companies. Megan has her own company too, um, to be big sisters to everybody. Mm-hmm. So it's like pretty cool. So how do you see glow in people, Megan? I feel like it's their energy. In the same way when you talk to someone about their favorite things or their favorite person or even their favorite TV show and you see them light up, uh, it's like you can see it in their eyes yeah. and you can see the shift. Mm-hmm. And I see that when I'm working with people on things that are really hard and they start to experience a breakthrough and they feel that little shift, like mm-hmm. you can you can feel it. I don't know, energetically, and you can see it in their body, you can see it in their eyes, like they light up, and in their body language, and mm-hmm. I don't know, in the same way. The tone way, of their voice, too. Totally, and in the same way, like if you've ever noticed um, that someone has a crush on you, or <laughs> that you just like vibe ah. with a friend, you can just like feel it with them. Yeah. I think it's like when someone's in that space of just being in a really good like mental headspace, uh-huh. and just kind of like owning themselves right when they're not like trying too hard that's what I find works really well for me when I'm just like being myself and I'm not trying to be Greta or trying to do something yeah when I'm just like this is me and I'm like don't even I'm not even conscious I'm just like so in the moment I feel like that's when I'm like the most glowy Mm -hmm. you know Yeah. yeah let's move on to our topic today um which I wish I had had big sister advice on this when I was in middle school and high school um and the topic of today's episode is mean girls And it's good that we're bringing Megan in for this because, you know, Greta and I can talk about our own experiences, but Mean Girls is like, it's, it involves like, what is going on with this other person? And for us to dive into like, assuming what is happening with the other party that's being mean to you, we probably need a professional to actually help us talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. Or else we would just be like, 
you know. And the reason why we brought Megan in is because, so Megan works with people primarily in their, I mean, you'd probably work with any age. Well, I won't speak for you. You can tell us. But you primarily work, (laughs) Megan will work with a three-year-old. Only (laughs) 17-year-olds. Only 17-year-olds. Megan works with people primarily in their, like, 20s and 30s, women. And she was telling me that a lot of her clients will still be talking about their mean girl stories from high school, middle school, college. And I was like, sorry, what? You can be in your 30s and still be hung up on the girls Mm -hmm. who were mean to you in high school? Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I work with a lot of people who are starting their own businesses. And what that involves is putting yourself out there and like people who run service-based businesses aren't advertising a product, so they are their brand. And it can feel really scary to put yourself out there. And a lot of people think about, what are those girls from high school going to think when I put this on Instagram or I share this Mm -hmm. on Facebook? Are they gonna judge me? Are they gonna feel like, who is she to do X, Y, and Z? And people, like the group of people they think of are often girls from high school or sometimes middle school. Which is mind-blowing. If there are mean girls following you on Instagram, I feel like you can't like, you can't make somebody unfollow. Can you block somebody from following you? Can you do that? Yeah. 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 Yeah, do you they can. know? Ellie, Ellie, Ellie give Ellie. us your wisdom. <laughs> Wait, <'cause> like, <laughs> the point is, like, if you don't want someone specific following you because you're afraid they're going to judge you, can you make you that? Them. You, you can. Do they know? No. You can block them, and you can also, like, have... Do that! Okay, <laughs> pro tip. <laughs> if you Lauren. are afraid of somebody judging them, get that out of there. Lauren, they probably already know this because they know the internet <laughs> better than Yeah, but, but if, they're, if they're worried about the person, right? We're talking about, like, people talking about these things. If they're worried about the person actually doing this, and then they keep doing it, like, stop yeah. doing it if you know it's going to yeah, yeah, yeah. you. It's more of, like, a, you probably know you can do it, but, like, do it. <laughs> You that's know? what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I'm not saying, <laughs> no, I'm not saying pro tip. This is how the internet works. I'm <laughs> that's pro what tip, I thought you were saying. This is how you can keep yourself from being judged by some specific people. I, that's what I thought you meant. I was like, I was like, Lauren, like, I know you're good with tech, <laughs> but like, obviously not. Way better. Um, so we looked up the definition of Mean Girls, um, and we're always so fascinated by the definitions that we find, Megan, because they they blow our minds every time. Because we always think there's something different, and then we're like, oh, this is what it is. Okay, so here's the definition for Mean Girls. Um, Mean Girls is a tween expression. Why is it a tween expression? We'll get into that later. Um, (laughs) Used to describe girls who exhibit an antisocial behavior known as relational aggression. The term... I love that it's called antisocial. That makes me happy. Keep going. The term was popularized (laughs) by the movie Mean Girls, starring Lindsay Lohan, written and created by Tina Fey, girl power. Um, uh, Mean Girls... Wait, Mean Girls can be found at school... Oh. On the bus and an extracurricular, <laughs> and an extracurricular other places like Instagram, uh, yeah. like social media, like, like the convenience store near the school, yeah, the Starbucks <laughs> near school that you all go to. Let's just face the facts for a yeah. second. Raise your hand in this room if you have never been a mean girl. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I started to raise my hand. Raise like, your hand if you've probably been a mean girl. By accident, maybe a little not so by accident. When I haven't retaliation been, or whatever, who knows? When I haven't been feeling my best self, or like yeah. when I feel uncomfortable or triggered by something, if someone 
shows up wearing something like really bizarre and I don't know why it feels like weird to me probably because like they're expressing themselves in a way that's super authentic but maybe I'm not used to doing that or like sometimes like when I don't feel like I can express myself in that way like I'll just have to comment on their outfit and be like oh my god your like chain that you're wearing right now or something and I just it's like it's uh, it doesn't it's like come. A, it's, it's like, like a, a gut reflex. Re- it's like a reflex that I have to comment on it, and I don't want to say something mean, but it's like me being uncomfortable, but having to say something out loud, which <laughs> probably says something about me. Also, like FYI, I don't think I've ever done it to any of this you. Is, but like, <laughs> this is this is such a good point. We'll get back to it over and over again throughout this episode. But like, the 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 high level of it is, if somebody is being a mean girl to you, being mean to you, maybe it's a guy, whatever it's there's some kind of insecurity there yeah Hands totally down. their stuff right and i think even owning like within ourselves our own inner mean girl yeah like everyone has their own inner critic and i think when you're already feeling down or you're feeling insecure like it's that same voice can come forward yeah. and intentionally or not be mean yeah. to other people but then realizing when people and we can get into this more but when people are mean to you or say something hurtful to you just their stuff like they're just feeling as you described like insecure or triggered or uncomfortable yeah and it literally has nothing to do with you I think what it is is that like when people like when people are really bold and then sometimes like unaware I think that like it makes me a little bit uncomfortable because I feel like I'm always so aware and critical of myself Mm -hmm. that when other people aren't that kind of makes me feel uncomfortable like sad no like uncomfortable but <laughs> like, right we've established that right? <laughs> she's like give me more specific <laughs> well do you feel like there's any like envy like I feel when I see someone if I'm in a place where I feel like I'm not fully expressing myself and I see someone who's just so empowered and bold and self-expressed sometimes I'll feel like jealous deep down right that I I'm not so like showing up like they are and it might show up at first like whoa that person's a lot but then if I dig deeper I'm like oh I kind of just wish that I like had their confidence or I wish that I was like rocking it like they are Mm -hmm. I think that's part of it I think it's like I wish I could be my own version of that sometimes I curb myself um and I think we all do this but sometimes I curb myself and like I and I wish I didn't and I think one of the things that like I love about working with you Lauren and also you Megan but like I don't curb myself when I'm with you anyways um let's go and talk about so that was the definition I actually want to get back to the definition yeah well okay um antisocial behavior known mm-hmm. as relational aggression mm-hmm. Megan could you break down what antisocial behavior known as relational aggression means that sounds that like that is an intense phrase right there yeah I feel like relational aggression, well, I think going back to what we were just saying, at the end of the day, like, hurt people hurt people. And so when Whoa. you're... Back yeah, it up. Yeah. What? Quote. What? Put that <laughs> Hashtag. On, put that on Instagram, Ellie. Okay. <laughs> Lauren's like, put it on the interwebs, Ellie. <laughs> put it out on Instagram and then tell people to Megan, listen to this Repeat episode. that again. Yes. I definitely didn't make this up, so... I don't know where I heard it, but it stuck with me. By the way, everything here in this episode, like, no one really made up. Okay, We great. always say that, like... I was like, have, I don't want to take full credit we, for this, like... Just, like, curate yeah. it all from the internet, so go Perfect. ahead. Fit right in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hurt people hurt people. So, think... Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Okay. 
I was going to say, like, think about someone who is really happy with themselves or even you when you're in a really good mood, how you show up for people in your life. You're like not even in a headspace of being rude or putting other people down. And it's just not like think about when you're the best memory you have recently, whether it was like a sleepover or hanging with people or a football game or whatever, like you just it wasn't even in your mind to say something negative mm. about anyone else. And so anytime someone... Because you're so focused on, like, the good stuff. Yeah. And it's, like, people who say the most things or talk badly about others or gossip or whatever, like, they're really hurting inside. Like, you have to be hurting inside to be projecting that outwards. And if you think about, like, even any of the Mean Girls, literally even in the movie, if you think about when they start to act up the most, like, when they do the phone call thing... Um, like they're all feeling super insecure and just trying to get that validation and throw each other under the bus because they're freaking out, right? Because Gretchen's trying to make Fetch happen. Yeah. And Regina's like, it won't happen. Yeah. Regina's trying to get Aaron Samuels back. And he's like... And he's like... Just eyes on everybody. Eyes on everybody. (laughs) Caddy's trying to fit in and trying to be gruel. (laughs) Right. And and what's her name? Karen Karen is just like... Trying to figure out what day it is. <laughs> trying to figure out if it's raining. Um, yeah. This yeah. is a really, really beautiful point because not only with this hurt people, hurt people concept, can you go, if someone hurts me, I can, st- I can like, remove myself a little bit from that moment and go, yeah. I think that they're hurting. It's like inserting a level of compassion there to separate yourself totally. and your own hurt. And then if you hurt somebody else, think about that for a second and go, oh, shoot, I think I have to need... I need to take care of myself. Maybe you need to give you some compassion. Right. Something I'm hurting in some way. What is that? And can I do something about it? If someone's being mean to you and you're like so confused about why, you don't even need to have the conversation with them. They might not even be aware that Mm -hmm. they're being mean because they're hurting. Yeah, totally. But from afar, you can even just picture them like, man, I have no idea what's going on in their life. We never know the full picture of someone yeah. else's reality, what family stuff might be happening, what school stuff might be happening, uh-huh. and their job own insecurities, stuff, job stuff. Many. Most bullies are bullied. Yeah. First. Totally. And so even if from afar you're like, man, like I don't know what they're going through, but they must really be hurting in order to show up like this. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it can bring in that ounce of compassion doesn't mean you have to engage with them or no. try to be best friends with them mm-hmm. or even tell them because they who knows how they might respond yeah. to that but from afar you can just like give them the space to be there have their own kind of human experience with all the ups and downs so what I was gonna say is mm-hmm. like I think that like I when you were like you don't even have to try to understand why they're doing it and my biggest problem with mean girls in my life which I will talk about I guess now is like when I was in middle school I was just telling Megan this that I moved from Texas to California and it was a really rough transition and looking back on it now I'm like oh my god that was like really hard and a lot of stuff was going on and at the time I just didn't feel good but I couldn't put my finger on it if that makes sense um and there were like a groups of girls who were mean to me for different reasons but I think that I was always trying to figure out why and like what did I do and what could I do and I always put it on myself right I never like looked and said like I didn't have the knowledge right I didn't they podcast didn't exist yet you guys yeah Yeah. I've been listening to this podcast 
Um, that would be so trippy. It would be like back to the future <laughs> in the past, whatever. But like, I didn't know that like other people, there might be something going on with them that was totally unrelated to me. But I think that, and it's, I think it's human nature that you always want to know, like, what could I do? And I was yeah. so hard on myself that when girls would be like, you know, not invite me to things or tell me, I think I talked about this in a previous episode, but tell me like, because I got honors in school that I wasn't allowed to be their friend anymore, which was super painful. <laughs> That's jealousy. Like yeah. it was super, super, super painful um, to be like, wow, it's something that like my teachers and my parents and the school is like telling me you did a good job on. <clears throat> but then the people who I want the approval of the most, AKA like the popular girls, were like no you can't be our friend I just was like oh my it just hurts so it just hurts so badly um and I was just like what could I have done could I have maybe hidden the fact that I like did well in school could I have whatever so I think Mm. that I just the problem with the like not the problem but the complication I see for myself is like I always want to know like why like why people are acting like that and in college there was I lived on a floor with girls who were super mean to me and I remember just being like which sounds like such a jerk thing to say but I was like like why don't these girls like me like I couldn't come up with a reason for it it's just like they just didn't like me do you know what I mean they just yeah. were like or I thought they right. didn't like and me that's yeah. the, sure and that's and what so you're confused. talking about is like that's so confusing, it's not about though. you so therefore you can't find an answer yeah, yeah but right? we want an answer though my brain totally. wants an answer totally still. Why didn't you like me? Yeah. The frustrating thing is that sometimes they don't even know, right? Yeah. Why they're acting a certain way. And they're probably not taking the time to sit and reflect and be like, let me sort out my feelings about why yeah. whatever Greta's doing is triggering me, whether it's getting honors or whatever. Yeah. Most people are just like, no, she can't be our friend. And so even if you really want the resolution, the good news is you don't even have to involve them. Mm-hmm. So just even playing with the idea of like, I don't know what's going on for them, but I'm open to considering it has nothing to do with me, actually, because I think a lot of people, exactly as you're saying, are like, what did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? And that's where it's so, like, I see this happen where people for years, for decades, like, stay in this place of still thinking there's something wrong with them. So my friend, and then Lauren, you should tell your story, but I'm going to tell my friend's story, because I I remember in high school thinking, or I think she told me this in college, we went to high school together, and I remember this blowing my mind, because I was like, what? So there was this girl in high school who was very unaware um, of how she came off, and she was this, like, petite, tan, blonde girl who was, like, really pretty, and, like, decently smart like I don't think she was in all the honors and AP classes but she was definitely smart she played sports she was just like super cool and we had homeroom together and my other friend who was um smart but just like a little alternative and like kind of weird I adore her um she sometimes would show up to school and just like not really care what she looked like um because she had insomnia so she couldn't sleep mm-hmm. which is also like a you know really hard I don't know how many of you guys have insomnia listening to this so my friend shows up to school she's like not really put together but who cares because it's just school but this girl the, the, the kind of more popular girl went up to my friend and made this super offhand comment that I don't think she even probably remember she did that was like oh my gosh like you're so like brave wearing sweatpants to school like I could never do that um or like or kind of it was like a catty kind of comment about like sweatpants and what she looked like 
And then my friend told me later that she's like, that hurt me so badly that for the rest of high school, that was sophomore year, for the rest of high school, I wore jeans or nice pants to school every single day. Mm. Like, even if, like, my pants were dirty or whatever, because, like, I never wanted somebody to, like, comment about how I looked, like, you know, Mm. kind of like a bum or whatever. And I was like, what? That one comment made you change how you dressed for the rest of high school. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. And she's like, and she, this just like blew my mind. Yeah. Blew my mind. So that's when you're talking about like decades later. I was just like, whoa, it's like, it's not even like consistent bullying, right? It's like that oh, yeah. one comment. A little offhand. And that's actually you, a really good example because sometimes I think in those situations, the person saying the comment is, might not even have a bad intention. intention. Yeah. They might just be observing from their perspective, like, oh, like, maybe that person wishes she could wear sweatpants, <laughs> but felt, like, too insecure to wear sweatpants to school. Yeah. Maybe in her mind, she... dress code, so, like, oh. my friend was such a rebel, but anyways. Yeah, maybe this other girl was like, wow, what a rebel. Like, you're so brave. <laughs> She's just like, I can't sleep. That's why I wear sweatpants. Yeah, but I think it's such a good example of the meaning that we give things is what ultimately, like, just determines how it unfolds. Because your friend, whatever meaning she gave to it of, like wow, this is so embarrassing, or I look horrible, or whatever, we don't know what was happening in her mind, that's what, like, created her anxiety about it Mm -hmm. for the rest of high school. The other person just said something offhand, sounds like didn't mean to be a mean girl, Mm -hmm. was just commenting, but then it's, like, so important to notice what we're making things mean, even if, like, you're saying the meaning is, like, what's wrong with me? Why don't they like me? I must have done something wrong. It's like maybe you didn't. Maybe there's nothing wrong with you. You saying not maybe you didn't. Like you probably definitely didn't. Yeah. Well, there's a hundred percent nothing wrong with you. And even if you did something that you might want to do differently next time, like you're human. Yeah. You know. What does that mean when you say you're human? Like what do you what do you mean by that? Perfect. Like nobody is perfect. Like we all have things that are our weak. You know. We all have things that upset us. We all have our own Mm. things that we're working through and, like, our own insecurities, our things that make us jealous. And I have bad breath in the morning, and Lauren has broad shoulders for a halter top. (laughs) Do you guys know? Broad shoulders. No one's ever told me I have broad shoulders. Is this a mean girl? Yeah. Okay, I was like, I feel like this is a quote. I was like, she's like, my nails I was, like, literally trying to go back in my brain. I was like, have we had this conversation? (laughs) Yeah. My whole life flashed from Greta, Lauren's not going to wear a halter top anymore. (laughs) No, it's like in Mean Girls when they're all in front of the mirror, and she's like, you're so lucky you can wear halter tops. I have broad shoulders. And she's like, I've got huge pores. And then Caddy's like, I have bad breath when I wake up in the morning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, all the girls were so used to it. And they were like, ew. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, they, but they all were like, like they all were like not okay with the fact that they were human and they were like coming together, like not human, like that sounds like they wish they were aliens, but like, <laughs> but they were like they were all coming together to like yeah. shit on themselves, rather should on themselves. Yeah. We've been talking about shitting all over oh, yourself, yeah. um, which like this did you real teach thing. me that? Who? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I was like, you just like said that like you knew that. Yeah. yeah, I definitely talk about this a lot. Oh. It's a big thing. Yeah, maybe she did. Maybe Megan. Maybe Megan's how I found that instead of Google. Probably. <laughs> One thing I wanted to call back to was when you said that um, for some reason, like, you might be triggering that person who's being mean to you. Yeah. And that is so powerful to pause on and think about for a second. Because instead of thinking, oh, what did I do wrong, right? Yeah. Because there's probably nothing. 
It's more like, no, you, some, some way that you are triggered this person's insecurity. Yeah. Right? And it might be a really great way that you are. Like, Your joy. Honestly, how cool. Yeah. That's you know what not I mean? cool. What are you talking because about? Because it's powerful. Because you have an effect on somebody. And I'm not saying you want that person to feel hurt in that moment. Okay. But what I mean is, like, think about it in reverse, right? If you are having an effect on mm-hmm. someone, like, on a high level, is that better or worse than you having no effect on that person at all? And them not caring about you at all? There's something interesting in there. Okay, let's role play here. If Lauren's the mean girl, sorry, Great, if, Lauren's the mean girl, if Lauren's the mean what girl with broad shoulders, uh, <laughs> like, that just sounds like you're the mean girl. That's the I wish. <laughs> <laughs> like, if Lauren's the mean girl, but she says something to me, okay, I'm the mean girl. I say something to Lauren about your broad shoulders, right? Okay, and then like I realize that you actually like then in, like in the truth of it, you have petite shoulders, and I wish I had your shoulders, or maybe or no, like I have broad shoulders and you want muscular shoulders, whatever, or whatever right? it is. Yeah, what like you think? I'm the one who has power over you, but really like you're the one who has some kind of effect yes. or power over me. That's what yes. you're saying. That is what I'm saying. I would say one Megan's step like, further too. It's like everyone has power over themselves, and just by like the way that the world is set up, people are always going to bring up each other's stuff. Oh, like, yeah. of course, like you could live your best life. You mean bring and up like bubble up or bring you're up gonna out loud. like trigger other people right. just by existing in the world? Because we're using a trigger, lot of like coaching yes. words. Like, trigger basically means like causing an emotional response to come up within you. So if someone yeah. like wears the bold outfit and you feel uncomfortable, he's and it's like, like triggering the discomfort. Right. Like he's actually just like existing in the world. Like he hasn't mm-hmm. done anything wrong. He's just neutral. But your, like, <laughs> reaction is all just within your mm-hmm. own brain, basically. And so people can say things to you, but then it's, like, however you interpret it. Yeah. Like, you could tell someone that they have really broad shoulders, and there's that statement. And one person could be like, oh, my God, thank you. Yeah. And then someone could be like, wait, what? Like, oh, like, what, what, are my right. shoulders bad? Like, so is Lauren this a bad says, thing? Thank you. I say thank you. I know. I say thank you. When you yeah. said that, I was like, I know I've always actually wanted broader shoulders. <laughs> Wait, She's really? like, you think my yeah. shoulders are broad? And here's something I want to <clears throat> include too, because we were talking about, uh, what was it, a few minutes ago, like you're, you being really confident in yourself yeah. can make someone else, like their interpretation of that can, might make them Especially uncomfortable. Mean girls. Yeah. And so here's the thing it's like, you really good qualities will and can trigger people in the sense of like you being really happy if someone is feeling unhappy Uh that can be so uncomfortable for other people you feeling really confident in your own skin enough to wear sweatpants to school or whatever you want and be like I know who I am that might be super unsettling to people why is that super unsettling especially to girls when yes when girls okay when girls are super confident in themselves right why is that unsettling to other girls or people in I general? I have a thought on this. So mean girls, I feel like, often has a connotation where it's like someone who is perceived to be popular in some way is then mean to someone mm-hmm. around them. Mm-hmm. And there's this power dynamic, right? Where, like, if someone is popular and people want the approval of popular people, then that feels even more hurtful because it's like you're already in this position of privilege or power, right, in, like, a social school environment, that that is, like, why are you picking on someone else? 
Wait, yeah. I'm lost. So she's saying if you're already like a popular girl slash right. mean yeah. girl, why do you need to go through the trouble of like putting someone else down if you're already in this position? More than if it was like someone who is considered your friend or something like that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Here's the crazy. Be- because oh. you think that that person. <laughs> I'm, oh. sorry, I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> no, go ahead. You be- go. Because okay, I'm gonna logic my way through this. So. If somebody is popular, that means that they have approval of others, right? And there must be something, quote, right right with them if they are popular and other people like them and or want to be like them. If people want to be like Regina George, there's probably something right about her. That's a character from Mean Girls, if you guys don't know her. Yeah. So then when that popular person, I'm, like, holding up my hand as if it's, like, a puppet right now. Like, just so everybody knows, like, for the popular person, I feel like it's, like, an oven mitt. If that popular person then tells you something about yourself, they must be right because other people have said they're powerful, right, whatever. Is that yeah. what you're saying? I think what Lauren was saying, too, it's, like, if that person's in the position of power, it can hurt more because you feel yes. like they have, like, they, like, speak for the masses or, like, they must... I don't know, if you have them on a pedestal in your mind... Yes, if you have them on a pedestal. Then it hurts so much more. But here's the crazy thing. It's like, again, hurt people hurt people. So if someone, even if they're like Queen Bee, like a Regina George, like what we see in that movie is that she is deeply concerned with her appearance. Mm -hmm. And so she is like well regarded as beautiful, but as soon as she starts gaining weight, she freaks out because so much of her worth is placed in how she looks. And so really we see that she's like has this own like pressure she puts on herself and she cares a lot about what other people think. Mm -hmm. Now if you take someone who is kind of removed from that and they don't care as much what people think and they feel a little more comfortable in their own skin like Janice Ian another mean girl character mm-hmm. it's like but who is Janice sorry so Regina's the popular okay girl. Janice, Janice is she's like artsy and a little alternative and just like dances friend, to the beat of her own drum it's like my friend who wore sweatpants to high school though. yeah she's like this is who I am and take it or leave it and when you're in that position that can also be super triggering to other people or upsetting because they're like I, deep down, whether they know it or not, they want that. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. when you're in a place of caring what other people think, which I think everyone does to some degree, um, it can be really like alarming to see someone who doesn't care. And it's like, I want that. Wait, I want to go into this a little bit more. So, like with Janice Ian, like she had a really specific um, friend breakup, right, with Regina, because Regina, like, called her a lesbian or something bizarre. Like, like, why are you so obsessed with me? Yeah, so, like, what, how do you deal with that? Because I think we've all had those friendships, right, where, like, you're super close to somebody, and then you change as you get older. You go to different middle schools, different high schools, whatever. You guys just become different people. You do soccer. I do theater. Like, how do you deal with that? Because I don't think, and I was talking to Lauren and Ellie about this, I don't think that, like, When you make friends with somebody, okay, let me back it up. When you start dating somebody, you never, you're kind of like, maybe this will work out, maybe it won't. You're never like, the person I start dating right now is going to be my husband, wife, partner, whatever. But like when you make friendships, you never are like, this will probably end someday. You know? So like how do you deal with like. But a lot of friendships do. How do you not have a friendship that then turns into a mean girl relationship when it doesn't work out? And like how do you deal with that? 
First of all, I think what you're saying is so important because we talk about like romantic breakups all the time, but I think friend breakups are oftentimes even more painful because like Mm -hmm. you're saying, you don't see it coming. And I think women can bond so deeply and be so real with each other and like share, you know, like their deepest secrets and like tell everything to each other. And when you have that kind of close friendship with someone and then it dissolves or one person kind of moves on or decides they don't want to be friends gets a boyfriend gets a boyfriend whatever group of friends yeah or even it's just like I'm over you like I remember this happening Mm -hmm. to two girls I knew who were like super close and one person just kind of was like I'm not into it anymore and it was so devastating for the other person arrow through my heart that's so pain because that's just like like, was that like a conversation that was that (laughs) No, so there was no real conversation to my knowledge, and that's why it was so hurtful to the one person. And I think, you know, it's the, when you've been that close, it can feel so devastating. I mean, romantic breakups are devastating too, but like you said, sometimes it's like, I don't know if this is forever. We'll see how it goes. With friends, there's just that assumption I think we make that you don't anticipate it ending. And so when you're so close, and then it just kind of, dissolves or just like straight up breaks up I think it's so hurtful so the way that I would say to move through that is being willing to like feel and work with your own emotions because like you were saying with the movie mm-hmm. like Janice Ian we're making I love that this movie is <laughs> like our, it's so good but you can tell that she's still so angry about it and she's resentful hurt. and hurt and about Regina yeah and if I were coaching Janice I would be like let's like really work through your emotions around this not because you can't control other people so not because you need to make her be your friend again or make her Mm -hmm. apologize or own her part like let's come to some kind of closure just for you for your own sanity so you can move on with your life and I'm totally going to butcher this but there's this like Buddhist phrase that holding on to anger is like holding on to a hot stone and you're the only one that gets burned. But I think about this all the time. Anytime I feel anger towards someone, it's like I'm not doing anyone a favor, especially myself, by holding on to this. I'm just literally burning my inside, hand. burning my hand, holding on to this hot stone. And so with the Mean Girls example, even if Regina's not even in the picture, I'd be like, Janice, Let's talk about what you're feeling and like come to some kind of closure for you so you don't have to spend the next few years around this person or the rest of your life feeling this resentment towards her. Like every time you see Regina come up on Snapchat or Instagram, like you don't want to be like, ah, and it just makes you like it ruins your day. Yeah. You know, actually, a really good example in Mean Girls, since this is becoming, (laughs) I love this, by the way, such a A really good example is when Regina, after she's in the accident, Mm -hmm. and Lindsay Lohan's character, Katie, Caddy, 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 I think it's Katie. I don't know. No, it's Caddy. Is it? I don't know. Lindsay Lohan's character. (laughs) But she sees Regina in that more, like, vulnerable state. What do you mean the accident? Oh, when she gets hit by the bus? She gets hit by the bus and she's like, has the head gear. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. Also, when I watched that one moment, my jaw. Oh, yeah. It's so so jarring. My jaw was like. (laughs) It's so unexpected. (laughs) 
sorry if you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> but you don't but know you what it is. But you still aren't. You're, you're not, not, you're not gonna see it coming. Yeah, you're not gonna see okay. it coming. But basically, she sees the mean girl in a more vulnerable position, yes. and that's when she's able to let go of some of her resentment. Honestly, this movie is and brilliant. And they don't need to be friends. Like they don't need to be best friends. But she's like, hey, I can see that you're just like a human underneath this exterior, and I'm gonna go on and live my life. And I think that's what it's all about with friend breakups in real life too. It's like you don't need to get the closure from the other person. You can get it with yourself. Just like a romantic breakup. You don't need the other person to come around and be like, you know what? Here's all the things I did wrong. I'm so sorry. I'm owning my part completely. Because most people don't do that. (laughs) It's like you can just on your own feel more complete about it. So that, Megan, is beautiful. But I think that it's really hard to do. And especially if like all, like not all of us like can work with a coach. Totally. Um, And so like I guess my question for you Lauren would be like on blue fever. <laughs> like, well, I mean, if blue oh. is trying to, like, <laughs> I was like, oh no, <laughs> no. But like, but I think that like, okay, I'd ask the both of you because Lauren knows more about blue fever than Megan does. But I'd say like, if we can't work with a coach, and if I am sitting at home listening to this and wondering how I can do what you just said, Megan, yeah, like one, Megan, what are some tools and tips yeah. that we that I could use on my own, and then Lauren for you, like. What are some ways that, like, blue can help and blue fever can help with that? So let's start with Megan first. Yeah. So I was listening to your breakups episode, and I think the exercise you suggested for writing a letter or Mm. writing into blue is perfect for this, too, because it is a friend breakup. If you haven't listened to that. So basically what it is is it's going through and sorting through your own emotions. So first of all, like you said, creating space to feel sad, to feel devastated. What do you mean by creating space? Yeah, I hear this a lot, and I'm not sure what it means. Yes, literally setting aside time, like, after school, ideally not, you know, when you're about to go somewhere. So like having a good cry, like crying it out, mm-hmm. letting yourself feel all the feels. Right. If you need something to set it off, you can like look at an old picture of you two. We have something so for that. we have something for that. So find something, whatever Lauren yeah, well, gives you the insight into, uh, find something that like stirs up those emotions and like set aside enough time so you don't have to go somewhere right after. How so, much time would that be? I mean, depending on how much emotion you have, I would set aside at least an hour. So yeah. you don't need to be crying that whole time, but just so you have time to like gather yourself <laughs> after. <laughs> well, it depends, right? Like if something is super sure. emotional for you. So even starting to do this exercise can be emotional because similar to the breakup one, you would want to start with whatever feeling is present and say something like, it makes me so blank that. So if you feel angry, it ma- I feel so angry that... And then just like you can handwrite it, like let it flow, pen to paper, or you can text it to blue. But it's like you, or if you feel hurt, like I'm so hurt that you blank, and just like writing it out, you wanna do it sometime when you'll be uninterrupted. So not like, I don't know, in a high traffic part of your house, like not like in the at the kitchen table where people are like coming home or yeah. doing things, like in your room, like just set aside this time, shut your door, you know write it out and just let it all flow let yourself cry Mm -hmm. and then you can start to come up with those other statements like you said around you know i'm letting go of this because something like that and why even if the person let go of you like i'm letting go of this because 
like if you don't want to be my friend like there I'm willing to believe that there's people out there who do or mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel good to be around someone when they're saying these things or it doesn't feel good to be around someone who doesn't want to be around me mm-hmm. whatever it is and just choosing and writing out why you're willing to let it go so we have a few features that you can take advantage of in at Blue Fever by just texting Blue. Super simple. One of them that seems to resonate the most is hashtag vent. Mm -hmm. So Megan, when you're talking about putting all this stuff down, getting that feeling out, and then being able to move through it, you can do that to Blue and you can write anything. So you can just say hashtag vent and then you go for it. And it's totally private. Um, Another thing for crying and getting that out if you want to take it that time and space is hashtag wanna cry, W-A-N-N-A-C-R-Y. And Ellie can put these in the show notes. And there's some options there for like different types of crying. A couple others that I want to put in the show notes too. One is hashtag rejected when we Mm -hmm. feel that way um, that we talked about a lot in this episode and hashtag toxic for mean girls. Yeah, and it's just blue gives some really... Or toxic, sorry, hashtag toxic relationship, I think it is. Look in the show notes, it's in there. It'll be in the show notes and it'll be correct, but I think that, you know, one of our goals at Blue Fever is to take all these experiences from people like Megan, from people like Lauren and I, our, our, and, our, and in our community, and program that into Blue so that Blue can take everybody's collective experiences and use it to help us all not suffer as much. And then Megan, after they let it all out and vent to Blue, then what should they do? And then if you can, this is like the extra credit part because it's hard, but writing the, the gratitude part, like thank you for, and you can either list out some happy memories or like thank you for being there when blank and like bringing or teaching me thank you for teaching me yeah um and that part can be really challenging when you're just in it so much so it might be hard at first but even if you just get to the part where you're letting them go and opening up room trusting and I can tell you there are people out there who will see you for who you are and Mm -hmm. just appreciate you being you like you don't have to change anything about yourself there are people out there who get it see you will appreciate it will vibe with you Um, and you might not find those people till you're out of high school or you're out of like like if you don't those people are there. It just might take some time to find them. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes you pick up one along the way. You think you have three others, but then you don't. You keep right. That so one, just don't like going. feel pressure to find those people <clears throat> right away, even though it's like painful not to have. Yeah. Otherwise. Like, yeah. how old were you guys when you met each other? Oh, twenty-four. Yeah. Yeah. 25. And that was like an instant soul sister connection. You. Just I judged flicked. Lauren at first. Yeah. Actually. Oh, okay. Not really. an instant. <laughs> Not an instant salt, but like now. <laughs> yeah. I think her energy was so strong and I was oh, coming. Oh, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. I was coming. I guess this Here is like a go. thing for me, but I was coming off of Were a you really. you a girl to her? No. No, no she wasn't. No. She wasn't. No. Not outwardly. <laughs> she told me years later, I found this out like last year. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> No, that I was, like, had just been through and was in the midst of, like, not just been through, was in the midst of a really difficult time in my life um, where I was criticized constantly, beaten down, et cetera, by these people that I was working with. And Lauren had so much positive energy. And also, you were, like, peddling a movie that you wanted to make. And when I say <laughs> peddling, she was talking. We were, like, in line for a movie. I was talking about And it. she was talking about this movie <laughs> she wanted to make. And I had just made a movie. And it was such a bad experience. And I think I had learned so much that I was a bit jaded. So when you were going and being like, I'm going to make this amazing movie. And I, I was like, it, yeah. and I just was like, ugh, 
you know, like this making movies. Like I just was like, this is a horrible idea. And all the things that came with it. And all the things that came with it. Yeah. Which if we had made that movie together, it wouldn't wouldn't, have been like it wouldn't have been horrible for me. It was actually been fun. But then I did eventually convince Lauren that she shouldn't make that movie (laughs) for other reasons and it all worked out great because instead we made Blue Fever, which is the best movie of all. One day when we have the documentary. We're gonna make a doc. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Megan. Wait, that's a perfect example of Lauren's like joy and positivity and (laughs) happiness. Like triggering you because this is literally how it happens in the real world. It there's nothing wrong with yeah. Lauren or how she was showing up, but no. just based on where you were at, it was a lot, and it, it was, was hard, like yeah. it was hard to see. And this is such a beautiful example because, especially since you are so close now, it's just seeing like there was nothing wrong with Lauren, there was nothing wrong with Greta. You were just two people living your own separate lives who came together Imagine. and had emotional reactions. Let's, like, hold on, let's are we in couple therapy right now? I know, Megan, you are amazing. Like. First of all, but second of all, thank God that you weren't a mean girl that day. Because you would not have put up with that. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> and, like, we would not be here right now. But I'm not. Whoa! I know. But I'm not I'm not naturally a mean girl. I no. actually, I'm, like, a very nice person. And I, like, I, I'm. You're very empathetic. Yeah, I'm very empathetic. I'm not a mean girl. I think that in I'm really hard on myself. Yeah. And I'm in my head. I will make judgments. I think I tend to do that. Or I think I used to tend to do that with people. Where I'm in the process of figuring them out. And I tend to give people, like. Either I judge them or I give them a little bit more credit than they deserve. Like a yeah. little bit more like kind of power over me. If that makes sense. You know what's really interesting? I've had people so in general my Instagram is like positive vibes. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm about putting out there. And I've had people tell me that it's makes them uncomfortable or is triggering to them because they're like, This is so annoying that like you're you seem really happy. And mm, you do seem really, especially when you post about Will and stuff, you seem like really happy. Yeah. And it's an interesting thing because there's definitely a part of me when I hear that, that wants to like tone it down. I'm sure some, you know, of the people listening to this podcast are going to check out your Instagram, right? Yeah. Now what is the handle? About, what we'll put it in the show notes whatever. too, what's the handle? It's just my name. So at Meglad, M-E-G-L-A-D-D. Just always know, like we repeat this a lot in a lot of the episodes, but always know whenever you're looking at what somebody is putting out there like the intention that you just talked about and why you put out the things that you do the way that you do the positive quotes etc yeah that is for a particular purpose right yeah and you've made a conscious decision about why you're doing that and it's that's the right move for you right and other people looking at that right might get triggered might by it might not realize that that's not the full picture of your personal life yes totally what you're putting out there as a business to help yeah, other it's people just a sliver of, get to that version yes. of that for mm-hmm. themselves. And actually, the last post that I put up was all about how, like, realizing that it's all within your control is some of the hardest work you can do. And really, my intention what behind you mean, it's all within your control. So basically, it. Uh, let's see if I can pull it up. It basically was saying like, there's nothing easy about realizing that like you're the person who's been in your own way of feeling happy this whole time. And what we were saying earlier about... Much easier to blame other people. So much easier to blame other people. And so I put that out just to be like, hey, if you're... Like, this work is not easy. Like, it's not easy to own that, Mm -hmm. like, you are in control of your own Mm -hmm. happiness. It's much easier to blame other people. And even with that post, like, my intention was to be like, especially a lot of other coaches out there um, are really invested in doing their own personal development work. And it was just kind of like a note of encouragement. Like, if you're working through this stuff, I know it's hard. 
And anyway, so I try to incorporate some of that stuff too because Mm -hmm. I want to be honest about, like you were saying, I mean, it's been a journey. Like that's (laughs) everything in life I feel like is 50-50, right? So like half the time things are going well, half the time things don't. And like you're in control of how you Mm -hmm. work through those because – I mean, technically, like, this last year, like, so much stuff happened in my life that I could have just, like, we were planning a wedding, and a lot of stuff went down, like, personally, Mm -hmm. like, family-wise, and I think it could have been, like, the worst year, but we were willing to, like, work through it and navigate our own stuff to, like, not let that be the case for us. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that, like, everything's perfect all the time. And Megan, you always tell me this, that like suffering is optional. Like, yeah, like the hard stuff is inevitable. Yeah. Like you can't control it if someone decides they don't want to be friends with you, but you can control how long you let it mean that you did something wrong or there's Mm -hmm. something wrong with you. One more thing I think is really important for this episode. I know we're running out of time, but I do personally believe that everyone is a good person, like, at their core. And some people are just more disconnected from that than others. Like, if you picture a spectrum Mm -hmm. of people, like, like, I don't know, someone who you think of as a really mean girl, I like to personally believe that at their core they're still a good person and they just have... Dealing with something. They're just dealing with something. They might be really disconnected from their loving energy. Yeah, and so it's like, I don't think that someone is just like their whole identity is a mean girl yeah I think we can all fall into that sometimes and it's just how long we stay in that like critical space Mm -hmm. but I do believe that anyone is like capable of like healing that being a good person Mm -hmm. and so we're using the term like mean girls but I, I don't think that that's like a permanent lifelong term for anyone I think that's so beautiful and also this episode has made me realize that, like, my mean girlness, like, how it doesn't necessarily come out of my mouth or in my actions, but, like, in my head, my own inner critic, like, even with you two, Elliot, I thought you were awesome from the moment we met, but, um, but, um, but also, like, I was much older when I met you, not much older, but I was older and had worked through a bunch of stuff, um, when I met you, so, um, but, but I think that it's making me realize that, like, sometimes my mean, sometimes my mean girlness, especially in the past, like will happen like I'll have a reaction in my head and I need to be I just need to like work through that a little bit more and be like okay like why did I have that reaction like what was I reacting to you know and it's not something that like I then go bully people about but I'll just have these like really strong reactions to things and I have to figure out like why it's so strong I also think I just feel other people's energy intensely so that's probably something to do with that but it's this episode's making me think thanks guys <laughs> yeah um, so now we want to well, I want to say yeah, one, yeah, one yeah. quick thing is that we've talked about how we can help ourselves for the ones being hurt or if we can help ourselves for the one hurting others mm-hmm. um there's like a third angle here that we can take when somebody is hurting someone else and you witness it, Mm. right? You're there. There's a pattern in all the stories that we've talked about today, which is someone said something negative and it made me think that that thing was negative. So I I did this the wrong way once. I actually screamed at a bully who was bullying my friend who's being a mean girl, just screamed and like not not productive. Um, the better way now being older and looking back at it. Lauren hates bullies. If you guys don't know this, fun fact, hate them. Fun, fun fact. fact.
fact. Anyway, that was it for now. Yeah, anyways, we (laughs) usually do a little jingle fun fact. It didn't work. But basically, I think the better way would have been if I just said essentially the opposite of what that bully said to the person in front of the bully or not. I don't need to scold the bully. I don't need to whatever. I don't know how much that's going to help. But if I say to the person who was bullied or was was Mm -hmm. mean to, if it was like, oh my god, your bracelet is so ugly, oh my god, like, why this, right? If I said, I actually love that bracelet, or Or, I flipped it, right, and just said the opposite. Or you just said, you know what? Neutralized it. They might not like that bracelet, but if you like it, who cares? Yeah. You know? Anything like that that just, like, can balance it out. If you're there, you can help. Yeah. If you, yeah, it's not your job to, but, like, if you feel like you want to encourage that person and be right. a kind of big sister energy towards them, give them some big sister yeah. energy. Like on that note, yeah. oh my gosh, this is so important to know. If you're ever feeling horrible about something with a friend, one of the best things you can do to kind of pull yourself out of your own bad feelings is to do something kind for someone else. Yeah, so true. Yeah. So if someone, if you're really hurting, if you see an opportunity to do any act of kindness or like send a nice text to someone or that's, that's a really so simple way of doing product it. Of like, like it just shifts your energy. Totally. All right. And that is a wrap to our episode. Megan, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. This was so awesome. Yeah. I did you it. did you feel the big sis energy? I totally felt the big sis energy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You guys, we will be back for episode eight soon. Um, and check out the show notes. Make sure to do those exercises. Take care of yourself. And just remember, like, you your glow is always closer than you think. Glow from the inside out. Bye. Bye.